Man, we are so blessed today. Um, and in, uh, in just a couple minutes, I'm gonna share a message. But before we get to the message, it's gonna be a short one, I promise, said the pastor. Um, some of you will get that later. But we have the Teen Challenge guys with us. Man, I'm so glad, adult and Teen Challenge guys. So glad to have you guys with us. Hands down, I'm just telling you, I love hearing what God's doing in your life. Hands down, this is one of my favorite services of the whole year. I'm just telling you, I just, we love having you guys with us. And hearing what Jesus is doing in your life, it, it encourages us. And, and I know Andy's here uh, with him as well, and, and he's going to come and lead. So Andy, would you come and would you welcome the Teen Challenge guys and Andy Collins as they come to share with us today. Lord bless you, my brother. Love you. I think that's on. Is that on? Let, me know. Let me just make sure. Yeah, oh, you're good to go. Am I good to go? You're good, to, good go. to go. Am I good to go? You are, are good. good to go. Are you ready? That's the question. I'm ready. Are you ready? Because when God moves, man, we need to uh, fasten our seatbelts or our chin straps, whatever it is. Um, I love Pastor Scott. I do. He's the timeless wonder. He never ages. He's looked the same forever. I think he was in middle school like that, in high school, and <laughs> just just the man's man. I love him so much. Um, your family. Uh, the Pathway family, you guys are great. We love coming here. This is another one of our, our favorites. We have, you know, we can't tell anybody, but we have favorites, you know, and we go and we travel around. And every time we're here, I tell you the one thing, um, God moves, and he, he really does. And so grateful for that, grateful for you for fostering the atmosphere of heaven, because that's really what makes the difference. We go into churches all across the, the region, the state. Sometimes we travel out of state. And we see a lot of uh, different churches. And, you know, obviously everyone has their niche. Everyone has, you know, I believe what God is calling them to do, I hope. You know, but you can tell when you walk into a church where heaven is welcome, where Holy Spirit is welcome. Not just through a song that's sung occasionally, but through reality, through real, you know, where, where, where uh, God can come and meet his people. And the altars are, are a place where lives are transformed. And I know COVID has been so hard on, so on the body of Christ, but God is good, isn't he? Isn't he? So I just want to celebrate that. I just want to thank God. I'm going to say a quick prayer, and then, um, and then I have a few things I want to share, and then we're going to hear from the men, and, and I pray that by the time it's all said and done, we'll be blessed. So let's, uh, let's pray real quick if we could. Father, we just uh, we acknowledge your presence, Lord, in this place, in our lives, in our hearts, in our, in our very being right now. And God, we know that uh, to you alone we look for salvation, for hope, to you alone we find mercy, and you alone we find healing for our souls. And you, God, are the author of life transformation. And we know that is your joy. It is your joy to change us. And so, God, I just pray that we would bring our hearts to you this morning, that we'd be encouraged, refreshed, challenged, whatever it is you want to do, God. And, and uh, Lord, again, I thank you for this morning, for Pathway, for this family, for this body. We just give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I, I, uh, I don't know, I felt like I need to share this real quick, but I, I was reminded as I was praying um, of a vision that God gave me a long time ago, and I want to share it with you really quick, um, but it was, I was praying one time, and, and I was working through something in my own life, and I, I just felt like I kept coming back to the same place. I, I kept messing up in the same thing, coming back to the same place. And I felt like a failure in my heart, in my life, in this moment. I was working through, I, I, it wouldn't have been a season where I would have said, man, massive victory. It was like really a, a difficult season of working out some of these things in here. None of y'all know what I'm talking about, do you? But, 
But I remember the Holy Spirit once in prayer just spoke to me and he shared something so powerful. And, he, and I, I saw this vision of, um, of this, it was like an old school farm setting. And it was, um, and there was this being, I'll call it a being because at first I could only see its back. But it was a being on top of like an old school tiller. Okay, it was like tilling up ground. And when this, uh, when this uh, person turned around and came back at me, I saw the biggest smile. I saw the biggest smile. And, and the, whoever this person was, was really, really enjoying what they were doing. And in that moment, I heard the Lord speak to my heart and say, that is my Holy Spirit. And the ground he's tilling up is your heart, but he loves it. He's not disappointed. He loves that you keep coming back. You keep asking him to till up the ground of your heart. Don't stop. He loves doing it. He loves doing it. And that smile on the Holy Spirit's face as he was working on my heart has changed my perspective on my sin struggles and on different things that, that God calls us to work through. So I don't know for who that is, but uh, for whoever it is, um, Jesus loves you, amen, and he loves tilling up the ground of our heart, amen. So, hey, teen challenge is here, right, adult and teen challenge, and um, so I, I should do some, uh, like, teen challenge stuff um, and talk to you about the ministry because God has been so good. I just want to take a second and recap his faithfulness. Um, you know, you take, they say, right, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder, and so you could have two people looking at the same thing, and one sees beauty, one doesn't. Right, you, and, and you could also say that life is all about perspective, right? Is that true? Like you could take the same two people looking at one situation or at something, and you could have two totally different viewpoints, two totally different experiences. And, um, and I will say that though, yes, this year has been challenging. It's challenged our leadership. It's challenged uh, so much about, you know, about who we are and how we do things and all that. I will say that this year has been an incredible year. It has been a year where we have seen God's faithfulness, I mean, just poured out abundantly. And yes, it's been excruciatingly difficult at times. It's been painful. It's been everything that everyone else has experienced as well. But you cannot stop there. You have to say, but God. Like what we have seen him do in, in the body of Christ, in lives individually, as well as in the ministry of Adult and Teen Challenge of Northern Indiana, it has been nothing short of miraculous. And so just a couple of those things. Um, at the beginning of the year, well, when this whole thing happened in March, we kind of said, you know, who do we want to be during COVID-19, right? Who do we as a ministry want to be? Because we have a choice in this. And we could begin to hunker down and, and buy into the spirit of fear and, and um, you know, all this stuff, which obviously wisdom and all that wonderful, th you know, whatever. We were also obligated at some points to honor and abide by the guidelines and rules and uh, mandates that were sent down from Teen Challenge USA, our headquarters, and, you know, as well as Indiana Teen Challenge. We're not trying to be rebellious or out there and doing this and that, whatever. But at the end of the day, you know, we really had a choice on how to do what we, what we, want, what we needed to do. And, and I thank God for that. And, um, and I, we really, we met as a, as a leadership team and we just said, you know, what is this? Who, who do we want to be during this whole thing? Do we shut our doors? Do we not? We heard of team challenges that had to shut their doors for new intakes. Um, a couple of them shut down altogether um, in our country because of this, because of lack of funding and all this stuff. And there's just all this temptation to engage with the spirit of, of anxiety and depression and all this. And yet we just felt like, 
you know, things needed to change because Teen Challenge USA said so and because Indiana Teen Challenge said so. Um, so we shut our doors to the public. We, we, you know, we love having the public in on Friday night chapels, and it was really hard on us, but we were told that we needed to stop that for a season, and so we did. But, you know, that wasn't missional. You know, bringing people into our house on a Friday night, which, by the way, you all should come, not at the same time, but please come, right? And, um, and, and they're amazing services, but, you know, that isn't who we are. We're not, Friday, we're not a church that meets on Friday night, you know? Um, but that was hard, you know, going out and meeting with you guys and doing these things, you know, uh, we do them all over. And those, all, all those were canceled for months, you know. My whole life felt like it got canceled for a season, you know. I, I didn't meet with people at Starbucks having coffee and doing that kind of stuff. But um, all that stuff got canceled. But none of that stuff was our mission. But we really felt strongly that bringing new students in, that was our mission. And so we put increased standards there, some policies in place, and, and we trusted the Lord. And, you know, at the end of the day, we saw our doors just get overwhelmed. We actually, for a little season there, a little blip back in like May, June, July, we had a waiting list. We, we filled up. Something about this thing affected people and their hearts. And, and so I'm just so grateful that in that time, um, you know, that we were actually able to continue to open our doors to the lost, the broken, and, and those that are hurting that needed hope. And, um, you know, we've seen the body of Christ step up and rise to the challenge. I remember a guy walking into the center and, and uh, putting an envelope down on the, on the welcome desk and turning around and walking away. And, and it was a, a very large donation that really made the difference that month. Without that, I don't know what, what, where it would have come from, you know? I mean, just, we saw <laughs> Nelson's Chicken. Have y'all, you guys know Nelson's? Like, this isn't a plug-in for them, but man, what a, what a, what a, what a blessing they were to us because all of our work duties got canceled, you know, like most of, not most of our work duties, not all of them, but a lot of them, we weren't able to go out and work, and that is like 50% of our budget, and all of a sudden, Nelson's calls us like, hey, nobody wants to do fundraisers, but are you guys crazy enough to still want to go out and sell chicken in the public? We're like, yes, we're team challenge, like we are nuts, you know, and so we went out, and, uh, and, you know, that right there, what God brought in through that made the difference, left, you know, like it never happened. So God just time after time after time did something, you know, to bring forth. And, and so, yes, numbers are down this year, all that stuff, because it's COVID season in the world. But at the end of the day, we're not going to look at that. We're going to look at God's faithfulness. We're going to celebrate that. Amen. And uh, so we, we uh, cut the ribbon on a brand new auto detail shop. That took uh, over a couple years to, to fundraise for and to build and to put together. But we just cut that on September 25th. We had a ribbon cutting ceremony. Um, you know, we started our welding program since the last time we've been here and training up guys in the, in the welding stuff. I mean, just, you know, uh, discipling men in the workplace. Uh, Andy Bowman over here is our, our evangelism coordinator amongst many other things, but they're going out again and hitting the streets and uh, they've been coming back with some cool testimonies of relationships that they're building with some Muslims and some different things going on. And, um, you know, our Jasper County Center is growing on the west side of the state. That's been such a blessing to see. And, uh, most recently, Fort Wayne, as uh, we've identified a building, and um, you know, I had three thousand dollars in my budget for Fort Wayne because this is the Teen Challenge story. You know, like three thousand. I don't know if y'all know this, but th some of the younger ones might think that's a decent amount. It's not. <laughs> it's not to start a ministry on that. No, it's not. 
And, um, and so we, uh, it's such a God story, I don't have time for it, but we went and I, I walked through this building and I, and I thought, man, this is so beautiful, it's so amazing, we could do so much with this, 18,000 square feet, um, eight apartments, I mean, just all bunch of stuff, $3,000 in the budget, you know, so I tour this whole building and I'm like, okay, God, you know, like, uh, I don't know, you know, and at the end of this tour, they, they wanted to sit me down because they had some good news to share. And they said, hey, you know what? We can't wait to tell you this, but if, if Teen Challenge wants this in Fort Wayne, we have a benefactor that stepped forward and, and, and wants to pay the $300,000 to buy the building for you. You know, and we're like, what? You know, what? God, you're so good. Well, then... Then I'm looking around, and it's an older building. It needs some repairs. It needs a fire suppression sprinkler system, stuff like that. And, and um, you know, and then it needs a new roof and all this stuff. We came up with a, fra- with a, a number around 100000 just for those immediate repairs to bring it up to code and different things. And, and um, I'm like, you know, $3,000, you know. And, and uh, I was opening the mail a few days after that. And um, all of a sudden, I opened up a mail from, from a husband and wife, a, a couple who I didn't even know. And um, there's a check in there for $100,000, which was the amount that was going to cost to do that. And you know what? I want to share this because I cry every time. I know, right? <laughs> Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. I have to share this because it's so God, it's so cool, but I talked to the pastor of the church of where this couple attend, and we I've done one service in Fort Wayne, one Sunday morning like this, one, and that's where the couple were, and um, the pastor just blew me away, and he wrecked me when he said, you know, Andy, that the, the man got laid off months ago, doesn't have a job, and she works part-time in an office, in our office at the church, and That wasn't a gift out of their wealth. That was their savings. And I just wept and wept and wept and wept. And could we all agree even right now that God is going to bless that couple massively? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And so God, in the midst of this pandemic, where everyone's freaking out, miracle stories everywhere. It's just about opening our eyes and seeing it and partnering with it. And we're here, I was reminded on our way here of you guys were the ones that helped us buy a trailer back in the day when we needed a trailer to hook up to our little truck so we could start working. It was you guys. You helped us establish our work department. And, you know, I've looked through the years. Your support, you know, continually has been huge. And so thank you. Thank you. Seriously, thank you. Um, More amazing things have happened, but the most uh, amazing things that I love to share is that guys are getting saved. Guys are getting set free. Amen. And uh, baptized, delivered, families restored, marriages restored. Glenn, where's where's your baby back there? Can you lift him up, man? That's a dad again right there. Look at that little guy, man. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I love it. I love it. As a matter of fact, could our reentry guys, those of you who have finished the year-long program, you're in reentry, could you stand up real quick? I just want to honor you guys. Look at this. This is the, what God has done in a year. Isn't that awesome? Woo! <laughs> Hallelujah. Come on. God is so good. Reality is, where are you at? Come on up here. I got to keep moving. It's hard to do, but you guys want to hear some testimonies? Um, I know our young children got dismissed. I will always say this, that this is a, we can try to pretty up um, 
addiction as best we can, but it's messy, right? It's, it's broken. It's difficult. And so some of the testimonies you're going to hear are, 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 are tough, they're, but they're real. And um, we're going to praise God at the end of it all, I promise. But amen. Gentlemen, take it away, would you? What is reality? Reality is having the responsibility to cut a two-year-old baby out of a severe car crash who so badly burned the whole car seat has to be loaded into the body bag, leading you to abandon anything you've ever believed and fueling an out-of-control drug addiction. Reality is being in a high-speed collision because you're passed out at the wheel, and when the dust settles, frantically gathering your pills before ever wondering if the other passengers are hurt or even alive. Reality is being walked into a courtroom bound in chains in front of your family who's visibly broken, telling them that you're finished with your addiction, only to be high before leaving the jail parking lot. Reality is stealing anything and everything from your family, friends, neighbors, and even six-year-old niece just to stick a needle in your arm one more time. And reality is your family telling you that they're glad you're in jail because they can finally get one good night's rest without wondering if tonight was the night you would die of a heroin overdose. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is learning at 13 to use amphetamines to handle your emotions when you're put on Adderall, which you soon learn to abuse. Reality is because of drug abuse and drinking, you have to drop out of school for the first time and get hauled off to jail. Reality is your depressed and destructive addict behavior leads to three car accidents, losing your license, fracturing your skull, getting jumped, and being held at gunpoint. Reality is getting drugged and raped. It's losing your relationship of six years, cutting yourself, and attempting suicide, ingesting a lethal amount of methamphetamines, causing long-term side effects for which a doctor diagnosed you with paranoid schizophrenia. Reality is your family's not able to sleep at night because they don't know whether you're dead or in jail again. It's missing the birth of all five of your nieces and nephews because you're too busy getting high. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Reality is losing a Division I lacrosse scholarship because you started drinking at a young age and got arrested the summer before college. It's getting three DUIs by the age of 27 and losing your license for 10 years. It's being so tired of being a loser that you want to take your own life but don't have the courage to grow through with it. It's finding out your mom has cancer. It can't stand the thought of losing her. So you start drinking even more only to end up in jail when she needs you the most. It's being locked up and getting out and your daughter doesn't even recognize who you are. How do I know that's reality? Because that was me. Even though we've all had different realities, we've all been changed by the same truth. And the truth is that in July of 2019, I dedicated my life to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and he's freed me from the painful memories of the past. The truth is that once I gave Jesus full control of my life, debilitating guilt and shame were washed away. The truth is that when Jesus freed me from the chains of addiction, I know that I never have to be a prisoner of this world ever again. And the truth is that though I'm still marked by the scars from using the needles I stole so much for, I'm no longer ashamed because my Savior scars were enough to free me from all the painful memories of my past. And the truth is, my family no longer awaits a devastating phone call, but to spend time with me and share my victories as we've completely renewed our relationship. Revelation 21.4 says, It is done. I am the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give freely the water of the well of life for anyone who thirsts for it. 
This verse speaks to me because after living a life of shame and regret, when I finally fell at the foot of the cross, he reached out to me and saved me, telling me it was finished, leaving me with a thirst like never before to serve him. And knowing this power is not only reserved for me, I know that he's placed a calling on my life. The truth is, I've been healed, mind, body, and spirit, by the love of our Heavenly Father, and I'm learning to turn to Him in prayer to handle my emotions instead of to drugs and alcohol. The truth is, I rededicated my life to Christ on February 5th, 2020, and my future couldn't be brighter, free from addiction with God's promise of salvation. The truth is, I don't live a depressed and destructive life anymore, and without the use of antipsychotics, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, I no longer have any symptoms of schizophrenia or depression. The truth is, I've, uh, I've been rebuilding relationships with my family, and I'm a new creation, full of the joy of the Lord, and I get a chance to share that joy with them by being a better grandson, son, and brother, and uncle. The verse I stand on is Isaiah 30, 21. Thine ears shall hear a voice behind thee saying, this is the way. Walk ye in it when you turn to the left hand and when you turn to the right. This verse speaks to me because I no longer live in bondage to fear of death, but in righteousness, joy, and peace by following the voice of the Holy Spirit. Truth is, since coming to Adult and Teen Challenge, I know God had a better plan for my life than playing college lacrosse. Truth is, I'm thankful I lost my license. It really opened my eyes to what I was doing, and I thank God every day that I didn't kill somebody while driving drunk. Truth is, with God in my life, I no longer have suicidal thoughts and love waking up every day. And truth is, even though I was locked up, I know my mom didn't have to worry about getting that phone call I was dead and could focus more on fighting cancer and is now cancer-free. And truth is, with God in my life and leading me down the right path, I never have to worry about missing another event in my daughter's life and her forgetting who I am. The verse I stand on is Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I stand on this verse because without God giving me the strength to keep pushing forward, I wouldn't be standing here right now. And Jesus said, you shall know the truth. And the, and the truth, truth shall, shall set you free. Come on, guys. Way to go. Way to go. We have a, in God good, we all have a, a reality, but that same truth, man, changes us all. You guys want to come in right about here? You got it? Man, we're going to do something we call a spoken word, and these guys are going to knock it out of the park. And so, Daniel, Ryan, I give it to you. Hey, Ryan, have you ever thought about the power behind the words, what if, or what your life could have been? Yeah, I ask myself, what if all the time? Like, what if I didn't get caught and put on discipline? What are you saying, Daniel? What am I missing? What if I told you my two sisters didn't die and I grew up in a family of four? Yeah, like, 
What if my mom and dad never fought? My uncle didn't do drugs, and I grew up in a happy family full of laughter and love. My mom and dad came and cheered me on at every game. And one day, I could play professionally and make it to the Hall of Fame. And everyone accepted me and knew me by name. My parents stayed married. My dad didn't drink, and he came to my games. Well, your dad didn't drink, and neither did my mom. And I took the most beautiful girl in school to my senior prom. And I didn't do drugs or sell them at all. I wasn't 17 with children. I pursued my music and had several hit songs. Well, four years in college, I came home with a degree and married my high school sweetheart and started my life debt-free. And I bought a house down by the beach with big bay windows and shutters that are green. It faces the ocean where all could be seen. What if I told you these lives, they are perfect, but they are not what they seem? Too bad everything we just said was nothing but our dreams. Go ahead, Ryan. Tell them what we really mean. What if I told you what my reality really was? That I was lost and I never felt loved? My dad wasn't there and my mom was a bit rough. Would you say I was soft or shed out your hugs? What if I told you growing up I thought I had it all? Had everything I needed, got everything I wanted, I thought life was a ball. The thoughts, they came from my conscience, but with drugs I drowned out. This monster I had created from my mind not so sound. My parents split up my mom started drinking. My life became a ship that was slowly sinking. And this was God's plan. I started using drugs, thinking that I was the man. Do you feel like a man as she falls to the ground? In front of your children screaming, don't make a sound? Addictions between a husband and wife. I'm on top of the world, God. This is the life. Drugs and money is what my life became. Having something others needed, I played them like a game. The power of fear rose me up through the ranks. A four-star elite, a chapter head in my gang. Money, drugs, and women, it all came with the price. And when you didn't pay up, they sent me to collect on your life. All these possessions, they quickly came, but I was never satisfied. I wanted to be a legacy, talked about even long after I died. But as you can see, we were living dead lives. And what has been stated are nothing but highlights. But they're not important. What is is the change? Go ahead, Daniel. Tell him his name. King Jesus, King Jesus, your name I proclaim. And you saved my life when it was full of guilt and shame. You've healed me from my brokenness and you've called out my name. I am captivated by you because you have called me out my grave. Let's talk about change because mine has been radical. Away from the world, had to take a sabbatical. For I no longer wonder because your presence has come upon me like a roaring thunder. And like the flash after the bang, upon me you swiftly came to watch over my soul because my debt has been paid. Upon the cross, Christ Jesus set the captives free. I've confessed my sins and now I bow my knee to bring you honor and glory. God, I'm so thankful you're the author of my story. But my tale hasn't been easy. I haven't always believed. You called and I ran until I faced you in a cell when you said, come, follow me or stay behind these doors. And right there is where I fell. Falling on my face to pray forever in you will, God, is where I want to stay. For I no longer live for myself, but for Christ Jesus, because above all things, there is no one else. And it was through a dream around the time my wife became deceased. You came to me in a vision and I didn't ask to see. But right then, without a doubt, when I awoke, I started to believe. Belief in you was something I always said. Going to church but was still living like I was dead. And when I surrendered, your Holy Spirit came down through the strife. Having faith in Jesus, he gave me his crown of life. 
And through that crown, you've healed my past. You've repaired broken relationships with my family. And you've helped me to understand the death of my dad. The death of my mom sent my life over the edge. But God, your protection has surrounded me like a hedge. And with one word, his grace was deployed. I recognize my heavenly father. And now his love fills that void. And now that I'm full, I live a new life. I'm content at his feet and sound in my mind. My future foretold is what you have laid. And Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for that price you have paid. You have given us talents and gifts, so your name will be praised. And now we will use them for the rest of our days. You've gifted me with music and a passion for ministry. So I will put them to use as part of your infantry. To get into ministry and help kids, God, you've given me this passion. To do your will, not mine, is a dangerous prayer. But Jesus, you're softening my heart layer by layer and layer by layer you've peeled me back you've softened my heart god and i'm grateful for that a passion for children and to help keep them on track so i'll start with my own and i won't look back without drugs in my system who knew life could be fun but jesus i'm glad i came back to you like the prodigal son what if we stopped asking and we are proof that Isaiah 63 1 says out of the ashes God makes you new God has done it for him and God has done it for me too to transform all of our lives is something Jesus died to do and all it takes is one choice so we'll ask you this question what, what if, if you, you surrendered, surrendered? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What if? Gentlemen, I'm going to have you uh, come up and line up real quick for the last, our, our parting gift. And I'd like, I'd ask you to close your eyes with me real quick, if you would. And I want to ask you, what if? We just heard it from these two men, but what if? What if God hadn't met you? Where would you be? What if God hadn't placed you in your family? Where would they be? What if God has you at that job to be that light for that certain someone? What if God has this church here in this community, to be a light for so many? What if your giving and your generosity is going to continue to transform life after life after life? It's a great question. What if? And we know that in Jesus, all those questions are answered. Amen. God saved you. He set you free. He placed you in that family so that you would be the light that would lead so many to Jesus. God puts you. He placed you in, in your job. He placed you in your community. He placed you in that, in this environment so that you could help lead others to Christ. And I have no doubt in my mind that God placed Pathway here to be a lighthouse in the treacherous seas all around this region where so many are, are crashing and burning and so many are, are making a mess of everything and yet there's this place here called Pathway and you guys are truly making a difference.
You can open your eyes. Thank you so much. And I want to see, I want you to see the difference you're making right here behind me. And I know I've gone over by a couple minutes. I know you're not surprised, and we will give you the time, but we want to leave you with a little tiny gift. Amen. Let's go, guys. Let's take it away.
awesome. Thank you, guys. Praise God. Come on, let's give the Lord praise. We bless you, Lord, for changed lives. We thank you for these changed lives. We bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that's within me. Bless his holy name. You're the change maker. You make a way. We bless you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Everyone, you may be seated. Forgive my sniffling over the next 10 minutes. I've been bawling like a baby sitting over here. I, I just, man, thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing. Now, let me just tell you just real quick, turn in your Bibles to Matthew, Matthew chapter 1. But while you're turning there, we're going to finish up the service there. But the reason why Teen Challenge, Teen and Adult, Adult and Teen Challenge is here today why last week Rod Tackett was here from Reason Enough to Act. Do you remember that? If you missed last week's service, really encourage you to go back and watch it. Because Rod was here last week and he was talking about the ministry of Retta and what God's doing through them to minister in crisis pregnancies. But beyond that, ministering to people like some of us here in this room who maybe 20, 30 years ago, uh, were, you were involved in an abortion or, or termination of, of a baby's life like that in and there's guilt and there's pain and they're ministering to you as well. And everything in between. Um, and it's so exciting to see what God's getting ready to do with Retta. I can't spill the beans, though they told me. But I'm telling you, January 7th, there's going to be a huge announcement for Retta and Elkhart and what God's going to do to bless and multiply their ministry. And, and just the timing that we had them here last Sunday and then the week before, we had the spa, spa ministry, the ladies uh, home there, and we had the spa gals get up here and share their testimonies. Do you remember those testimonies of life change? Why are you talking about this, Scott? It's because um, we decided to do our Christmas offering a little different this year. Um, we, we've done, you, you have been so generous this year. I've told you already, our general fund in the midst of COVID has actually gone up by a couple percentage points. Uh, our missions give, in fact, not just a couple percentage points, let me just shoot 11%. In two, 2020, the general fund income has gone up in this church. Um, on top of that, your sacrificial giving, because we bring that tithe, that tithe to the general fund, it's not even ours to give. We, we bring it. We just, God, this here, I'm just bringing it back to you. Here's 10%. Then over and above that, you've given offerings. Our missions, faith promises, and our missions giving has been over the top. In August, you gave sacrificially to completely underwrite a church in Susmatla, Haiti. And uh, Patrick, I was just talking with him this week, the pastor there, the leader there, and so thankful and grateful for that. And you, you generously gave to that. Why are you saying all this? Because, because here we are at the season of our Christmas offering. And what the Lord put on my heart early on in this year was um, we, we've, we've sown into foreign fields and we will continue to do that. Last year's Christmas offering, we helped start a church in Choom, Ireland. And we, uh, we've done all kinds of things with our Christmas offering before. We've, we've dug wells and started churches, right, in East Africa. We've, we've done all kinds of things. This year, I really felt what was on my heart was, let's keep it in Elkhart County. And what, what my dream and what my, my prayer is, 
is that we could take the spa ministry, Retta, and Teen Challenge, and my, my prayer is can we invest $10,000 through our Christmas offering through each one of those? Now, that's just, that's my goal. That's my prayer. Now, I'd love to see us do a little more than that. I'd love to see that be $15,000 invested in each one of those. And one of the reasons why is because I know Retta has a, a pro, excuse me, um, the spa ministry has a project that they've, uh, they've got that needs about $15,000 to, to accomplish. And so anyhow, so what does that have to do with all of us? Well, I, I, just, I just want you to pray. And even starting today, I want you to give. And it's not equal giving, it's equal sacrifice. If the Lord's been faithful to you as I know he has, would you give over and above your tithe starting today sacrificially to our Christmas offering? And I know some of you might have come prepared to give today. Some of you maybe you have to do it next week or online. We'll talk about that in a second. But everything you give to our Christmas offering this year, we're going to turn around and completely invest it right back into Retta, right back into Spa, and right back into the North Central Indiana Adult and Teen Challenge. And so I don't have to say anything more about the changed lives. You see what the Lord's doing in these ministries. Can I just encourage you? Let's dig deep. We need some of you, obviously, to, to give significantly. If you can give a, a thousand or more dollars to this Christmas offering, we need you. But if 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 you if all you can afford to give is less than that, listen. Between you and the Holy Spirit, you give whatever the Holy Spirit lays on your heart to give. I encourage you to bring your kids in on this and explain to them, this Christmas offering is going to go completely to these organizations, change lives. You bring your kids in on this, but let's bring our best sacrificial gift we possibly can. Megan and I are going to do the exact same thing in our kids. We're going to, we're going to bring it and worship the Lord. And how do you give? Uh, you know how you give. Obviously, you can grab the envelope and mark Christmas offering and, and put that and drop that in the box. Or you can give online. And uh, as you give online, um, if, if you can do us a favor and if you can give through the ACH um, or give out of your checking account, that only charges us about 25 cents. If you give online and you use the debit card or something like that, well, Jesus will still take that, okay? Um, it just means that uh, Visa or MasterCard or whoever is going to keep about 2 to 3% of your, uh, of your gift. So if you're giving a significant gift, 2 to 3%, that could turn out to be a lot that the kingdom's missing. So we only pay 25 cents if you give out of your checking account. If you give online, you can do that. Make sure you go to the line that says Christmas offering and, uh, and give out of a cheerful, cheerful heart. Bottom line is this. God is changing lives through ministries like we've seen today and what we've seen over the past couple of weeks. And all I, all I, all I got to say is just, just give. Whatever the Lord wants to give through you, just step up. And I know God will bless and take care of every one of your needs. Now, if you're not to Matthew chapter 1 yet, you're never going to get there. So good luck. Um, but uh, just, I just have one word. Seven words of Christmas guidance. That's our Christmas series. Uh, the seven prophetic uh, words um, that are connected to the Christmas story is what we've been talking about, right? And uh, we've talked about the Zechariah. In fact, look on the screen here. Zechariah prophesied that a horn of salvation, we sang about it today, was coming to the house of 
declared the favor of God that was going to be upon Mary. There's favor on us. When you give your life to Christ and you follow him obediently, there is favor that's going to rest on you. Next, Elizabeth. Uh, before there was even any conversation or explanation, when Elizabeth and Mary saw one another, what happened? The Holy Spirit took over. And it was just, she just began to declare the blessing of the Lord. Blessed are you, Mary. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. Blessed are you. As you walk in the favor, or as you walk in obedience and faithfulness to the Lord, you walk in his favor and his blessing. The fourth word I want to share with you today is just before we get to it. In fact, I think there might be notes in the back of the seat if you want to grab those. Um, but have you ever been lost? Like I, I remember one of the times in my life where I felt completely lost. Completely lost. And, I, and let me just say this one more time. I know some of you might be getting a little antsy. I'm going to get you out of here. You're going to make it to Ruli's or wherever you're going, Taco Bell, whatever level you're going today. Um, but just if you can just give me the next five, ten minutes, then, then we'll be done. Listen, I remember one time when I was a teenager, we had two car loads, uh, two cars that probably had no business going to the city of Chicago. <laughs> but, and we had two car full Two cars full of teenage guys from uh, Elkhart County, northern Indiana, deciding to go spend the day in Chicago. Two carfuls of teenage boys that probably had no business going to Chicago. And so we, we went to Chicago and we got our, this was back before cell phones, right? So we had our, these things called CBs, Citizens Bands. And uh, so we had our CBs in each car so we could talk back and forth, breaker, breaker, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and somehow, we took a wrong turn in Albuquerque. I mean, we somehow, that's, I mean, that's a saying, it's a joke. But we were in Chicago, and we took a wrong turn. And we ended up on, I don't, we got split up. And the car I was in ended up going down a street that was, it, it, I mean, I'm just telling you, even as I remember it, it was one of those streets you probably should have never turned down. <laughs> and so, I mean, we're wondering, where in the world are we? We didn't have GPS. We didn't have any of that. We needed some direction here. And, I, you know, all these, all these people are in the middle of the day. They're just sitting out on their porches. And, well, maybe, and that, that, just for a moment, there was a part of me that thought, maybe some of these nice people sitting on their porches, we should stop and ask. Could you help us find our way back to uh, why you're sitting on your porch in the middle of the day? There might be, but anyhow, uh, needless to say, we ended up just kept driving and we found ourselves back. Here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. We need a direction. Every one of us at some point in our life, we're gonna need direction. And as we look at the, the Christmas story, do you know what we see? We see direction. In fact, we, we're going to use a word starts with a G. Here it is, guidance. Everyone say guidance. guidance. Now, that word is not specifically in the Scripture. But as you, as you look in, in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, you see it throughout the Scripture. In fact, let me just declare to you right off the top. Four times, let's read it real quick. Four times where the Holy Spirit, where God somehow supernaturally gave guidance. Let me set this up. Um, there's this evil king, Herod. Um, he's, he's heard of the whisperings about what's happening down in, 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 in uh, um, Jerusalem and even Bethlehem, the whole area, and concerning the recent birth of a rightful heir to the throne of David. So every child under the age of two in the area of Bethlehem and that whole area, what did he say? He said, kill the babies. And so Herod, he's making this one last desperate effort to kill Jesus. Now look in Matthew chapter 2, verse 13. 
When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Everyone say guidance. That's the first place we see it. This isn't the first time, though, that the angel gave Joseph crucial crucial information. Go back to Matthew chapter 1, can you? Just one chapter before, in verse 20, it says, But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Amen. Everyone say guidance. Guidance. Once again, second time, we see God guiding Joseph. Let's keep going, because after taking his family into refuge in Egypt in response to the angelic warning, Joseph later, for a third time, received another priceless piece of advice. Look at it, Matthew chapter 2, verse 19. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, get up. Take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. Once more, can you say it with me? Guidance. Very good. As Joseph, that's the third time, now it's the fourth time. You ready for this? Man, he's really flying through this message. He's doing good. Woo, thank you. Um, as Joseph was heading back to his ancestral home in the area of Judah with his family, he, he's visited for a fourth time, but we see this time it was via a dream. Look at verse, um, let's go to verse 21. So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. He's, he's doing what he heard um, in the dream. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Now look at this. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee. Can you say it one more time? Ready? Guidance. Guidance. Very good. God longs to guide you. He longs to direct you. And, and let me just share just nuts and bolts as, as we conclude. Where, where, where do, how does God guide us? In fact, there's some of you today that this service has been powerful and you needed all of this. But I'm just thinking in the next few minutes, what I'm getting ready to say to you is the very reason why God brought you here. You see, you need guidance, and sometimes we get a little bit worked up. It's like, oh, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. Well, let me just encourage you. You want a word from the Lord? He's given you a word from the Lord. It's right here in the word of God. Every, every piece of wisdom you need is found right here in the word of God. How does that work? Well, there are times when, when God's going to bring someone in your life to, to, to give you godly counsel. And they'll say, hey, listen, do you know where the, the word says this? They'll give you some kind of a guidance and direction that's based on the word of God. If it's not based on the word of God, if it doesn't line up with the word of God, then what do we do with it? We just throw it out. But all guidance, God, godly guidance comes from the word of God. There's also prophetic word. There are times when the Holy Spirit's going to move on someone to share a prophetic word and speak. But what's it going to be? Just some of their own thoughts. Hey, I was just eating some pizza last night and I had some indigestion and the Holy Spirit gave me a prophetic word for you. No, it's word of God coming alive and saying, you know what? This is what God is saying to you right now. It lines up with the word of God. It speaks prophetically into your life. There's that inner, just that inner, how, how does God guide us? That's what I'm talking about. There's times when the Holy Spirit will come and just give just that inner, just kind of just talk to your heart. It wasn't really an audible voice, but you, you know that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. And how many times has that happened to you? 
we need to learn to discern that voice and receive that voice. So there's godly counsel. Obviously, there's the word of God where everything starts. And out of this comes godly counsel. Out of this comes prophetic words. Out of this comes that inward voice of the Holy Spirit all lines up. And then we see what we, we have right here. And this is what I want to finish up with is visions and dreams. Can I remind you in Acts chapter 2, it says the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out. And, and it says specifically that young men are going to see visions and old men are going to dream dreams. Now, I'm 46, so I kind of like to think that I'm going to do both of those. Just kind of, am I an old man or am I a young? I think I'm leaning towards the old side. Um, but listen, this is for today. Sometimes, and I know for some of you, especially because your background isn't necessarily Pentecostal, charismatic, Holy Spirit filled. But for some of us, the idea of having a vision or having a dream is just kind of just kind of out there. You're just like, oh, you're one of those. Let me just let me just encourage you. Just as sure as I know the Word of God is, is speaking to you today, and as you open it and read it, and God nurses you, just as sure as I am that there's godly counsel and there's a listen, I strongly believe that God still speaks to us through dreams and visions. Now, you have to learn to discern because every vision you have and every dream you have isn't from God. But there are times when I believe God will do this. Let me just share two, two quick um, uh, times when I, oh, I've seen this. In fact, it's so interesting um, that you shared, uh, uh, Andy shared in the opening just about a, a vision he had and how that lines right up with what I'm talking about. God wants to, to give visions to some of you today. I believe that. It was 2003, and um, we were in the midst of building this sanctuary. We were going to move in here in April of 2003, and here it is January of 2003, and I, my, my wife's family, bless the Lord, took us on vacation. So we're on vacation with my wife's family, and, and, and I, I like them well enough. If they're going to pay for it, I'll go. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I love my in-laws. My, my mother-in-law is a jewel. But, um, so, so we're on vacation. And, um, and I had this vision out of nowhere. I mean, seriously, I just, I had a vision of me standing at what was then the high school auditorium here, right next door to us, preaching from the stage of the auditorium. It was the strangest vision I, you gotta go back. Our church started in 2000, and when we started, we started just up the road here at an RV garage where they worked on RVs and cells called Outpost RV. We met there for two years for rent-free. It was a miracle. And so we had been there all this time. The plan was we'll continue to stay there until April when we move into this building, right? So, so I get back, and as soon as I get back from that vacation, there's a phone call. I call. Here it is. Bottom line is I remembered it. Now, that next Sunday morning, I got up in front of the church. Some of you were maybe even there. As I stood up on that Sunday morning, and I said, listen, I have no idea where we're meeting for church next week. The, the, the business, Outpost RV, had sold out, and, um, and, and they were, had some new owners. And so this would be, that day would be the last Sunday we're in there. And so just, uh, we'll just kind of, we'll let you know where we're worshiping. That's what I said outside, because on the inside, I just didn't have the faith yet to really trust that the Lord was already working it out. But Monday morning, I woke up, and I remembered that vision that I had just like a week or two before. And it was a vision of me standing on the stage of the high school preaching. 
And I called up that Monday morning, uh, the principal of the high school at the time. I said, hey, can I come in and talk to you? Okay. Within about an hour, uh, we're walking down to the auditorium of the high school, shaking hands, saying, you can have it as long as you need it. Now, did God have to give me a vision that that's where we were going to go, that that's the way it was going to work out? Which it did. We were in that high school, the high school until April. He didn't have to. But he, for some reason, he knew Scott well enough to know that this might st- just kind of throw him for a loop here. So he loved us enough to just give me that vision. God, at times, is going to give you the vision. Now, let me share a dream. And just before I share this dream, I've got to share my testimony because I, I, I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to. I had no plan to do this, but I feel like there's a specific reason why I've got to share, share my testimony. Before I get to this dream, and this is specifically focused on you fellas, so just listen up. I want to say this in the right way because I want it to come out right. I don't want it to come out as glory to me or anything. But I just, I just felt the Holy Spirit so strongly say this to me that I need to say this to you guys. Some of you, you have brought pain and hurt on completely innocent parties. People that some, some, some people that you knew um, some people that you didn't even know. They were strangers, and somehow you brought pain on them. And I just want to tell you, as one who pain has been brought on um, because of, uh, of issues, I'll tell you that testimony in a second, it's holding you back from being free in Christ because you can't forgive yourself for what you did to others. But I just want to remind you, he whom the Son has set free is free indeed. And there are results and consequences to our sin but God wants to set you free from that. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And as one who has, has walked through the pain, when I was 15 years old, I have my daughter sitting over here, my sister sitting over here. Um, my daughters have never seen their grandparents. Um, and, and it was 1990, and my, my parents were on their way home from Lake Michigan, driving through Edwardsburg, Michigan, and a drunk driver ran a stop sign tagged my mom, killing her instantly, throwing my dad into oncoming traffic, tagging him. Both of them went to be with Jesus just like that. And the pain of that, I was only 15 years old. That's about all I'm going to share with you because Jesus has, I'm still here, right? Jesus has redeemed that pain and that hurt, amen? But what I, I, I just felt some, maybe just one or more of you, you just need to be, just hear these words from someone who's been hurt, someone who's been uh, innocent. I didn't even know the guy that hit my parents. I just want to say, you're forgiven. Be forgiven. Let it go. Whether that person is mad at you or not, just give it to the Lord and let him give you the grace to move on and walk in the freedom that he has for you. Yes, it was done, but God's grace is so much bigger. So walk in that. And when I think about a dream, that's where my dream came. And several months after I was, uh, my parents had been killed and I was sleeping. And in the middle of my sleep, some of you heard me tell this story before, the Lord gave me a dream. And my dad, I was sitting in, in my living room and our living room, the garage was right here and there was a screen door so it was open. And I, and I looked, I was in my dream, I'm sitting here and I'm looking out the screen door and my dad pulls up into the garage and he walks in, and it, it, I, I can only explain that the way he looked in my dream was as bright as the sun. I mean, it was, but I could look at him. It wasn't like he couldn't look. It was just like, I mean, he obviously knew he was, there was glorified. Something was happening. And my dad had his Bible in his hand. 
And as he walked in, I was just, I was talking with him. I was just, I can't believe it, Dad's here. Mom's, this is amazing. And I said, Dad, read a scripture. And my dad opened the Bible in my dream. He said, Psalm 68, 5. And I woke up. To my knowledge, I don't remember ever reading Psalm 68, 5. I, ran, I woke up and I ran upstairs, got the first Bible I could find. And this is Psalm 68, 5. Can you put it up there? A father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in his holy dwelling. You know, God chose to use a dream to minister and speak to me in that season and that time. And spoke so clearly that, Scott, you may not have an earthly father, but you've got a heavenly father who's never going to leave you and never going to forsake you. Does God still speak through visions and dreams? That's really what I, what I, yeah, yeah. What is it you need guidance on? What is it you need guidance on? Let me tell you, first thing you need to do, just turn to the word of God. Because if it's a, a godly counsel from someone else, it's coming from here, right? If it's a prophetic word, it's coming from here. If it's, if it's a, a dream, a vision, it's coming from here. It's gonna line up with this. So start with the word of God and let the word of God give you guidance. What is it you need today? Where is it you need guidance I'm just telling you, God brought you here today to stir your faith and trust him. Trust him in this. Let me share one more scripture. Let's jump all the way to John. Can you go to that last scripture? John 16, 13. However, when he, look on the screen here. When he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you. God wants to guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. We have a speaking God. He may not speak in an audible voice, but I'm telling you, he's given us his word. He's speaking to you. Open up your heart and receive it. If you're with me today, would you stand up? Worship team, would you come?